0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading today from a sermon that was once preached by Charles Spurgeon. This message is from a collection of Spurgeon messages created by Perry Boardman. It's known as Spurgeon's Gems. Today's message is from volume one, and it's the last in that series. It's uh, number 53. Now, That's the last in that volume, I should have said, because there are 63 volumes, and each one of them has 50-plus sermons, so you can do the math as to how many sermons are available. And you can access this series of messages online yourself if you just want to read the messages at SpurgeonGems.com. Now, let's get on to the final part of this message that has to do with healing for the wounded, healing for the wounded. Well, we've spoken a long time on the great ill of a broken heart. Our second thought will be the great mercy. He healeth the broken in heart. First, he only does it. Men may alleviate suffering. They may console the afflicted and cheer the distressed. But they cannot heal the broken in heart, nor bind up their wounds. It is not human eloquence or mortal wisdom. It is not the oration of an Apollos, nor the wondrous words of a, a prince of preachers. It is the still, small voice of God, which alone confers the peace which passeth all understanding. The binding of the heart is a thing done immediately by God, oft times without any instrumentality whatever. And when instrumentality is used, it is always in such a way That the man does not extol the instrument, but renders grateful homage to God. In breaking hearts, God uses man continually. Repeated fiery sermons and terrible denunciations do break men's hearts. But you will bear me witness, when your hearts were healed, God only did it. You value the minister that broke your heart. But it is not often that we ascribe the healing to any instrumentality whatever. The act of justification is generally apart from all means. God only does it. I know not the man who uttered the words that were the means of relieving my heart, where he said, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. I do not recollect what he said in the sermon, and I am sure I do not care to know. I found Jesus there and then, and that was enough for me. When you get your wounds healed, even under a minister, it seems as if it were not the minister who spoke. you never heard him speak like it in all your life before. You say, I've often heard him with pleasure, but he's outdone himself. Before, he spoke to my ear, but now to my heart. We are some of us rejoicing in the liberty of Christ and walking in all the joy of the Spirit, but it is to God we owe our deliverance, and we are grateful neither to man nor book so much as to the great physician who has taken pity on us. Oh, that Jesus would walk through this Bethesda now! Oh, poor, sick, dying man, does guilt weigh heavy on your soul? Turn not to any helper, save to him that sits on the throne. Then he only can do it. I defy any of my brethren to bind up a broken heart. I have often labored to do it, but could never effect it. I have said a word to console the mourner, but I have felt that that I have done but little, or have perhaps put the wrong mixture in the cup. He only can do it. Some of you seek mercy through baptism or the Lord's Supper or regular attendance at the house of prayer. Some of you, again, have certain forms and observances to which you attach saving value. As the Lord lives, none of these things bind up the broken in heart apart from the Holy Spirit. They are empty wind and air. You may have them and be lost. You can have no peace and comfort unless you have immediate Dealings with God, who alone, as the great physician, healeth the broken in heart. Uh, there are some of you who go to your ministers with broken hearts and say, What shall I do? I've heard of a preacher who told his anxious hearer, You're getting melancholy. You, you, you better go to such and such a place of amusement. You're getting too dreary and, and melancholy by half. Oh, oh, to think of a nurse in a hospital administering poison when she ought to be giving the true medicine. If he deserves to be hung, who mixes poison with his drugs? How much more guilty is that man who tells a soul to seek for happiness where there is none? Who sends it to a carnal world for joy when there is none to be found except in God? Then again, God only may do it. Not only can, but may. And suppose we could heal your broken heart. It would be good for nothing. I do beseech the Lord that I may never get a broken heart healed, except it is by God. A truly convinced sinner will always rather keep his heart broken than have it healed wrongly. I ask you who are suffering whether you would not rather keep your broken heart as it is than allow a bad physician to cure it for you and so deceive you. And send you to hell at last? Now, I know your cry is, Lord, let me know the worst of my case. Use the lancet. Do not be afraid of hurting me. Let me feel it all. Cut the proud flesh away, rather than let it remain. But there are not a few who get their wounds glossed over by some pretended good works or duties. Oh, my hearers, let no man deceive you. Be not content with a name to live while you are really dead. Bad money may pass on earth, but genuine gold alone will be received in heaven. Can you abide the fire? In vain your presumption when God shall come <clears throat> to examine you. You will not pass muster unless you've had a real healing from his hand. It is easy enough to get religious notions and fancy yourself safe. But a real saving work is the work of God, and God alone. Seek not to the priest. oh, He may console, but it is by deluding you. Seek not to your own self, for you may soothe yourself into the sleep of perdition. See that your heart is washed in the blood of Jesus. Be careful that the Holy Spirit has his temple in it, and may God Of his great and sovereign grace, look to you that you deceive not yourself. Next, God will do it. He can, he may, he will. And that is a sweet thought. He healeth the broken in heart. He will do it. Nobody else can, nobody else may, but he will. Is your heart broken? He will heal it. He is sure to heal it. For it is written, and it can never be altered, for what was true 3,000 years ago is true now. It's written, He healeth the broken in heart. Did Saul of Tarsus rejoice after three days of blindness? Yes, and you shall be delivered also. Oh, it is a theme for eternal gratitude that the same God, who in his loftiness and omnipotence stooped down in olden times to soothe cherish, relieve, and bless the mourner, is even now taking his journeys of mercy among the penitent sons of men. Oh, I beseech him to come where you are sitting and put his hand inside your soul, and if he finds there a broken heart, to bind it up. Poor sinner, breathe your wish to him. Let your sigh come before him, for he healeth the broken in heart. There you lie wounded on the plain. Is there no physician, you cry? Is there none? Around you lie your fellow sufferers, but they are as helpless as yourself. Your mournful cry comes back without an answer, and space alone hears your groan. Ah, the battlefield of sin has one kind visitor. It is not abandoned to the vultures of remorse and despair. I hear... I hear footsteps approaching. They're the gentle footsteps of Jehovah. With a heart full of mercy, he's hasting to his repenting child. In his hands there are no thunders. In his eyes no anger. On his lips no threatening. See how he bows himself over the mangled heart? Hear how he speaks. Come now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And if the patient dreads to look in the face of the mighty being who addresses him, the same loving mouth whispers, I, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my name's sake. Look how he washes every wound with sacred water from the side of Jesus. Mark how he spreads the ointment of forgiving grace and binds around each wound the fair white linen which is the righteousness of saints. Does the mourner faint under the operation? He puts medicine to his lips and exclaims, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Yes, it is true, most true neither dream nor fiction. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. How condescending is the Lord of heaven thus to visit poor, forlorn man. Now the Queen has kindly visited the hospitals of our soldiers to cheer, by her royal words, her loyal defenders. By this she has done herself honor and her soldiers love her for it. But when the God of the whole earth, the infinite creator, stoops to become servant to his creatures, can you conceive the majestic condescension which bows itself in mercy over the miserable heart and with loving finger closes the gaping wounds of the spirit? O oh, sin-sick sinner, the King of heaven will not despise you, but you too shall find him your comforter who heals All your diseases. Mark, moreover, how tenderly he does it. You remember that passage in the Psalms, loving kindness and tender mercies. God's mercies are tender mercies. When he undertakes to bind up the broken in heart, he always uses the softest liniment. He's not like your army surgeon who hurries along and says, A leg off here, an arm off there. No, 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 he comes gently. And sympathizing, He does not use roughness with us, but with downy fingers he puts the wound together and lays the plaster on. Yea, he does it in such a soft and winning way that we are full of wonder to think he could be so kind to such unworthy ones. And then he does it securely so that the wound cannot open again. If he puts on his plaster... It is heaven's court plaster, and it never fails. If he heals, he heals effectually. No man who is once saved of God shall ever be lost. If we receive mercy by faith, we shall never lose it. When God heals once, he heals forever. Although some who teach false doctrine do assert that children of God may be lost, they have no warrant in Scripture, nor in experience, For we know that he keeps the saints. He who is once forgiven cannot be punished. He who is once regenerated cannot perish. He who is once healed shall never find his soul sick unto death. Blessings on his name. Some of us have felt his skill and known his mighty power. And were our hearts broken now, we would not stop a moment but go at once to his feet, and we would cry, O thou that bindest the broken in heart, bind ours! Thou that healest wounds, heal ours! We beseech thee! And now, my hearers and readers, a parting word with you. Are you careless and ungodly? Permit your friend to speak with you. Is it true that after death there is a judgment? Do you believe that when you die, you will be called to stand before the bar of God? Do you know that there is a hell of eternal flame appointed for the wicked? Yes, yes, you know. You know and believe all this, and yet you're going down to hell thoughtless and unconcerned. You're living in constant and fearful jeopardy of your lives without a friend on the other side of the grave. Ah, how changed will your note be soon. You've turned away from rebuke. You've laughed at warning. But laughter will then give place to sighs and your singing to yells of agony. Bethink you, O my brother, ere you do again peril your life. What will you do if your soul is required of you? Can you endure the terrors of the Almighty? Can you dwell in everlasting burnings? Were your bones of iron and your ribs of brass, the sight of the coming judgment would make you tremble. Forbear then to mock at religion. Cease to blaspheme your maker, for remember, you will soon meet him face to face. And how will you then account for your insults heaped upon his patient person? May the Lord yet humble you before him. But I am seeking the distressed one, and I am impatient to be the means of his comfort. It may be by my words that now they are sounding in your ear, you weary, wounded fellow countrymen. You've been a long time tossing on the bed of languishing in the time for thought has been blessed to your soul by God. You are now feeling the guilt of your life and are lamenting the sins of your conduct. You fear there is no hope of pardon, no prospect of forgiveness. And you tremble, lest death should lead your guilty soul unforgiven before its maker. Hear then the word of God. Your pains for sins are God's work in your soul. He wounded you that you may seek him He would not have showed you your sin if he did not intend to pardon. You are now a sinner, and Jesus came to save sinners, therefore he came to save you. Yea, he is saving you now. These strivings of soul are the work of his mercy. There is love in every blow and grace in every stripe. Believe, O troubled one, that he is able to save you unto the uttermost, and you shall not believe in vain. Now in the silence of your agony, look unto him who by his stripes heals you. Jesus Christ has suffered the penalty of your sins and has endured the wrath of God on your behalf. See you, yonder crucified man on Calvary, mark you that those drops of blood are falling for you, those nailed hands are pierced for you, and that opened side contains a heart within it full of love to you. None but Jesus, none but Jesus can do helpless sinners good. It is simple reliance on him which saves. The black slave said, "Massa, I fall flat on the promise. And so if you fall flat on the promise of Jesus, you shall not find him fail you. He will bind up your heart and make an end to the days of your mourning. We shall meet in heaven one day. To sing hallelujah to the condescending Lord. Until then, may the God of all grace be our helper. Amen. And he ends with a poem. The mighty God will not despise the contrite heart for sacrifice. The deep-fetched sigh, the secret groan, rises accepted to the throne. He meets with tokens of his grace the trembling lip, the blushing face. His bowels yearn when sinners pray, and mercy bears their sins away. When filled with grief, or with shame, He, pitying, heals their broken frame. He hears their sad complaints and spies His image in their weeping eyes. Amen. 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 Again, that's the end of Volume 1. We have a a lot more to go. I hope that you'll stay with us. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. We have have a lot of other things here on the site. I do hope that you'll look around the site and find something there that will bless you. I think you will. And uh, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on the 26th of April, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.